0: Let us please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We join together in our confession. I confess to God Almighty. Almighty and merciful Lord grant you pardon, forgiveness, and remission of all your sins. Amen. The peace, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Please be seated as we join in with giving that praise for the feast of victory. The Lord be with you. And also with you. And we pray, mighty Lord, your own Son left the darkness of the grave to rise and show forth his glorious body as the firstborn of the dead. As you have united us to the cross of Christ by baptism, so raise us up to the newness of life that that we may recall our Lord's resurrection with joy and live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We join together with our next hymn. Our first lesson for this morning is recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 10. When we take a look at what Peter is writing here, then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Does not show favoritism. We start to see the mission, the mission of Jesus the way he came into this world for us, for all nations. And we start to realize what he has done for us. That he came for us, born as that baby at Bethlehem. But then we think of his mission and what he did. We realize again that he healed the sick, gave sight to the blind. But throughout his ministry, he was willing to preach that word to point out that he was that way of salvation. And then we just went through this past week through Holy Week, we went through all that suffering, the suffering that he did for us and for all people. Yes, he did preach out about repenting, that the kingdom of God was near. But then we start to realize again, of, of, for us, by God's grace, I mean, you take a look at verse 37. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus in Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power? And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil? Because God was with him. He knew his mission, and he was going to fulfill it. With all boldness and all confidence, he went through that Holy Week. He went through that suffering. Suffering for us, and as you take a look again at verse thirty-nine, when we we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and Jerusalem, they killed him by hanging him on the cross. They killed him. The Roman soldiers let him up. The chief priests and the elders had their way. He died on the cross. They thought that they had the victory. it was just the opposite. Christ came for us. And God would raise him on that third day. He would raise him for us. And all the prophets testify about this. That we receive again that forgiveness of sins. Think of that love that our Savior had for us. That he willingly did all this for you and for me. So that we would have that forgiveness. So that we would have that life that eternal life that we would have, that heavenly throne that's waiting for us. Truly, truly, this is the day the Lord has made. That exclamation point, that we are his. And we join in, we're singing about this as the day with our psalm, Psalm 118. The congregation will sing the refrain. Our second lesson for this morning is recorded in Paul's letter to Colossians, chapter 3. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. To set our sights. To set our sights high. To set our sights on that heavenly realm. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy to be done. But to think about again of what this world is. And we realize again the suffering that we have in this world. We realize the tribulations that we have. Those tribulations are difficult. But then we realize again that someone else is with us. That Christ came for us to take us away. I, I keep thinking back, and you've heard me use it many times, the that promise of Jesus. That night again that he was with his disciples, the way he prayed for his disciples, prayed for all believers, and, and the way he told them that I'm going to come back for you. And then we start to realize again what Paul wrote to the Romans, that We were baptized into Christ. Baptized into Christ. Baptized into his death. And if we're baptized into his death, since God raised him from the dead, we too will rise. We too have that heavenly home that's waiting for us beyond all comparison. What a beautiful place is waiting for us. And now we have to set our minds not on earthly things, but to remember again what's waiting for us. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We have that beautiful home waiting for us. That home again where the psalmist talks about the way our good shepherd has prepared a banquet for us. That we get to dwell in his house forever. I know it's hard to wait for that victory but that's where we can find that comfort today, isn't it? That's where we can find the peace in knowing what's waiting for us that heavenly home I think again in the book of Revelation where it reminds us about that white robe, that robe that's washed in that blood of Jesus that we get to sit by his throne get to set our minds on that throne to realize what Christ our Lamb did for us. Hold on to that news. For I know when a loved one dies, those are those difficult times. And again, no matter how many Bible passages you use, those, again, don't mean that much to you at that time. But there is that one sentence that one sweet sentence that we get to hear. A one sweet sentence that hopefully that you will use and find the comfort in knowing again what's waiting for us. We have been raised with Christ. So may we find that comfort in that sentence, that sweet sentence, I know that my Redeemer lives. I think one of the most difficult walks that a pastor makes in this life, one with mixed emotions, is when he is walking with his members to the gravesite. When you walk there, you're kind of leading that procession. The body is placed there, and you go through the committal service. Your heart goes out as a pastor to that family for their loss that they have. You think of all the preparation, too, for that day, sitting down with them at the funeral home. Maybe you were with them at their house at the death of love, and maybe you are at the hospital. Then you're at the funeral home. And then, again, for that service. And then you take that walk, that walk to that grave. Yet as you stand by that grave, you also realize that grave is going to be empty. That that grave is is going to be empty, that what Christ did for us on the cross, the way God raised him on that third day, that we too will be raised. It's filled with emotions for the pastor too and for that family. But then you start to go through that committal service, you start to hear again that the perishable must put on the imperishable. Again, death, where is your sting? The victory is in, Jesus. And I think so often as I'm standing there too, and as I see the family approaching, I start to think of that Easter morning. That Easter morning, and when you take a look at the Gospel readings, I wonder how often we really like those families. And, and just take a look at what was taking place. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Think of those women. They were standing at the foot of the cross. They were at that foot of the cross on Good Friday. They saw their Savior. They saw their Lord dying on the cross. And usually the body, after a crucifixion, was just thrown to the side of the road, just left there to rot. But Nicodemus came and asked for that body. The women brought those spices and began to anoint that body, but they couldn't finish it. So again, that stone was rolled there in front of the grave and then the leaders, Jewish leaders, wanted to make sure that someone didn't steal the body, so again they asked Pilate to put that seal on to make sure there was a guard there. But think of what, what it was like. Because here comes the women on that early in that morning to finish their job. Often have we maybe gone back to the gravesite of a loved one. But again, that gravesite still remains closed. But think what it was like for these women and, and for the Roman soldiers to see the stone rolled back. To see that that empty grave? To see an angel? No wonder the Roman soldiers ran away. I guess I would run too to, to see all this taking place. To feel that earthquake. To feel the earth trembling underneath your feet. He is not here. He has risen. The women that were filled with, again, with that emotion, there was fear in their hearts. Again, did Did someone steal? Did someone steal that body? Did someone, again, take that body? But as they looked in that grave, again, as the disciples came, when when you take a look at the Gospel of John, the cloths were still there, just as if the body just kind of disappeared, just went away. If it was a robbery, that would have been all messed up. But the grave was empty. But I like the angel, too. He is not here. He has risen. Come and see the place. Isn't the angel saying you should have known? You should have trusted in those words. You should have trusted in those words of Jesus when he said, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it. He knew again the victory that was waiting for him. That grave again would be empty. But when you take a look at verse 8, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. The women were told to go, to go and tell the disciples. But then you look even at the following verses. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Go and tell my brothers, tell my disciples, tell others, don't keep this message to yourself. I know at times that's difficult for us, difficult for us to share our faith, and I get that. But then I think, it's an empty grave. Our grave will be empty. Yes, we placed our loved one there, but I know what's waiting for our loved one. I know the victory that's ours. How can we keep that message to ourselves? Oh, it's so nice at times we feel comfortable again with our own group. But it's something to be shared. Think of the peace that's in your heart. The peace um, was interesting after the early service. Some of the people were saying, take a look, the sun's coming out. Take a look again, the way the weather is so nice again. You know, and There's just that excitement. That excitement on this day. <coughs> But it's my prayer that that message, that joy that's in your hearts today, even that pain that's there, that hopefully the Easter message will take that away from you. To realize that, yes, as we stand by the grave of a loved one, we know that grave will be empty. I hear the angels, when I stand at a committal service, I hear the angels saying, come. Come and see where they laid him. The victory is ours. Be ready, my friends. Be ready to say those words, to enjoy that comfort, to comfort in knowing that since Jesus lives, that we too will live. And then we can sing from our hearts, hallelujah, Jesus lives. As we gather our first fruits to our Lord has given us all things, uh, the guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those. And as it's passed back, the center gives you a chance to greet your neighbor and our Lord and Savior. Let us please rise for our prayers. And please note that we will not be, uh, the third paragraph, we will not be having that uh, paragraph read or the fifth paragraph. Apologize for the technical difficulty for those. But let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ and for all people according to their needs. You made us your own children, the waters, the baptism. And we were raised up in Christ for a new and everlasting life. Guard what you have begun in us and strengthen our faith. So we may rejoice in your gift. Live as people of your grace proclaim your saving victory in the world. Risen, Lord, in your mercy. You send forth your Son that he might redeem your lost creation. And win for you new sons and daughters who trust in your word. Give us confidence in your word that we may not doubt nor fear, but be kept in the hope of the day of Christ coming again. Risen Lord, in your mercy, Hear our you bore the burdens of our flesh in your Son, Jesus Christ. Visit with grace the sick and those who suffer to heal and restore them, to sustain them in the day of their trouble, and to provide them with patience. That they may endure, and those whom we name before you in our hearts, we have a moment of silence. Risen, Lord, in your mercy. You set your seal upon all those who govern and command them to lead honorably in the pursuit of justice, the protection of liberty, and the preservation of virtue. Give wisdom and integrity to our president and all who serve us in this nation, state, county, and city. Guide them in what is good and right. Bring peace to the nations and protect those in the armed forces who defend us at home and abroad. Risen, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our you set your table among us in the presence of our enemies. Fill us with your spirit and faith to receive the blessed food of your Son's body and blood, for the strength of our faith, and the equipping of your people for the good works that display your glory and love for our neighbor. Risen, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You are the hope of all, and those who depart in faith live in you. Bring us at last with them to the resurrection, when our baptismal hope is fulfilled, and we enter into your everlasting kingdom in the blessed reunion with those who have gone before in the celebration of the marriage feast of the Lamb without end. Risen, Lord, in your mercy. It's your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, Trust in your mercy through your Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated as we contribute to the singing of our next hymn. With joy and comfort, may we join in with the prayer that our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. From our staff here at Living Water, from our families to all of you, may you truly have a blessed Easter. And may you live not only today, but every day with that comfort. That comfort in knowing that Christ has given us that victory over death, that just as his grave was empty, so our grave will be empty, and that eternal home is waiting for us. So, from all of us on the staff, as we sing our last hymn, may you truly have this joyful Easter tide.